0: I just feel like I'm in this flow of, I see a moving truck, I see an ambulance, I see a police cruiser, and just like, hey, how's it going? Just kind of making yourself available, pastoring my immediate neighbors. And again, I I just, right now, I feel like God is smiling on me when I'm doing this stuff.
1: You're listening to the New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters, and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle.
2: And I'm Jared.
1: And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. We thought we would share another one of our great learning party talks. Our last learning party happened in Toronto at Sanctuary Church on April 1st. And we had some great speakers. We thought we'd share a few of the talks. And one of these, this talk particularly, is from our great friend, Mark Grolo. Jared, tell us a little bit about this talk.
2: Well, when I first met Mark, I was actually at the Vital Church Planning Conference in Toronto. That was uh, put on by the Fresh Expressions people and and in partnership with uh, Wycliffe College, I believe. Uh, It was at uh, St. Paul Bloor uh, downtown Toronto. Amazing venue. I don't know if you've ever been there, but just absolutely brilliant place. And anyway, Mark and I uh, just kind of started hanging out and he and I went out after one of those evenings and had a great conversation. I really, really like Mark. One of the things I really like Mark is he he's not afraid to work out his ideas in public. He's very transparent, very open person. And that's an important uh, trait uh, as a group of people are trying to learn. And so when I first met Mark, he was trying to plant a church through a podcast. I have never in my life heard of that idea and so he was the first guy that I knew that tried to do that and he was successful at starting a podcast and I think uh probably could have started uh, a church out of that podcast but it wouldn't have been the church that he felt. Uh, he was being called by God to plant. So here's what I love about this talk. And this is something that we want to support more in the New Leaf Network. For us, failure is an option, okay? You are allowed to try things that don't work. Please just get out there and try something new. And what I love is that Mark gives us so much permission to do that. So let's give this one a listen. This is Mark Grollo talking about the many things that he's tried in his neighborhood in Toronto.
0: I was asked to talk about, uh, can you come and speak to the people about your, your, two, your two failures? And I had, I had no idea that I had two failures until I was asked to talk about them, or false starts or whatever we're talking about today. So I'm going to tell you about my two somethings. And as long as we're talking about two failures, I can tell you about a few more. I've got more than just two. Um, But I hope this isn't just rambling or kind of group therapy. I'm really hoping that we can come away with I hope you see yourself a little bit in my false starts, perhaps. So if if I were to title uh, this 10-minute talk, if you could title a 10-minute talk, I think it would be, Who Am I and Why Am I Here? Uh, Deliberately cliche. Um, but I think it's, it's really descriptive of my funnel. I had asked if there'd be some kind of whiteboard or something that I could draw in here, so I'm going to just air draw my funnel. And uh, I think I've really come from kind of who am I, why am I here, and I don't mean from when I was a baby, I mean coming out of seminary. So as long as we're going to talk about my failures, I'd like if we could start a little bit with my massive successes, my pinnacle of awesomeness, graduating seminary, uh, I was valedictorian, school president, got every kind of preaching award you could ever want, paper writing award, King of Tyndale right here, nice to meet you. So that's like the pinnacle, you're like, I, I did it, because for, I don't know if you know your Enneagram type, but an Enneagram type 3 like me who confuses achievement and awards for love, uh, we excel at school. We, we know how to... Got real serious here all of a sudden, like poor guy. <laughs> but yeah, I know how to achieve. I know how to get awards. I know like when there's a box, I know how to just nail that and be the best at it. And then, then the real world happens. So out of seminary, I really had nowhere to go. Uh, along came the meeting house, and it was incredible. Like I, all of a sudden, I was commissioned to launch this meeting house site and in an incredible new community. I'd never, never been a meeting houser, but um, got invited in. The theology is great, and I thought this was it. Like this, you get you're out of seminary and you're in like the dream job. They pay really well, everyone. So, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, and I thought this was it until it wasn't. It it suddenly wasn't it. I I launched this site and got things going, but when it started to come time to kind of maintain the thing, it wasn't it, and I started to feel my creativity sort of atrophying that's kind of the only word I had for it I went to talk to Tim Day the senior pastor and be like why am I dying inside and he just kind of like nodded and like yeah I've seen this before Uh, so they passed me over to uh, the network literally downstairs in the meeting house is the denomination (laughs) Uh, and so I went downstairs and they passed me over to something called the network which is like the church planty kind of arm of the BIC of which I'm a part And so, you know, they asked me, do you want to plant a church? Do you want to, you're dying from lack of creativity, you want to create? And I was like, yes, I want to create, I want to innovate, I want to to plant something. And long story short, I decided I'm going to try to plant a church with a podcast. Can I do that? And they totally believed in me. And they said, yeah, you got a two-year full support runway, go with it. And so, uh, Wikigod was born, and I had a great time with that. Guys like Greg Paul, I could just sit there and get my face melted off, hearing them speak into the mic, and um, <laughs> guys like Yang Do Kong. So, I got to like, hear and interview great people and meet people one-on-one. And in this time, I'm kind of trying to figure out, how do I like plant a church out of this thing? The idea was to get on this podcast, get a listenership, and then basically say, I'm doing a thing in my house. And I started to hint at that, and the email started coming in. Hey, when are you starting your thing? I'm I'm moving to Toronto. I'm going to Wycliffe. I'm going to Tin. I'd love to jump in on your thing. And so I thought, this thing's really going to take off. And in that time, I started to discover... uh, Ideas that really I never knew existed. I started reading Hugh Halter, Michael Frost, those kind of missional guys, guys that were kind of cliche, but in seminary, I'd never really engaged them. Um, But I started finding out about the the missional movement. And so I sent myself to the Bible conference in Denver, because I loved uh, Hugh Halter talking about being bivocational, being in the neighborhood and stuff, and it it sounded kind of interesting. I met Brad Briscoe and Dave Runyon, and I started reading The Art of Neighboring, The New Parish, Next Door as It Is in Heaven, and kind of falling in love with this idea of like, yeah, planting a church but making it very kind of neighborhoody and calling people in a kind of geographical area to do church out of your house and kind of in your neighborhood. So now I want to plant a missional church. And I discovered things like the Bells Challenge, Michael Frost talks about that, and the Five Habits of Highly Missional People. And this is all archived on my podcast. You can listen to it and hear the trail of agonizing false starts. And it was very interesting to me. And every week I was fully, I kind of wanted to document what it was like to think a thing and think you're going to do it and then maybe not do it. So I started to learn in this period, Wikigod starts to blow up, you know, Christian radio picks it up, and it starts to get syndicated, Meno nerds, and I started in this period to learn about myself, that I'm creative, that I'm entrepreneurial, and I pick up a book called Will It Fly? It's for entrepreneurs, Pat Flynn, he's an entrepreneur guru, and in it, he asks a question very early in the book, think about what you're doing, and imagine that it's, like, wildly successful. Like, go out as far, let that line go as far as you can. What does it look like? And I realized, I mean, Wikigod, as it's really getting going, is I'm I'm the new kind of Toronto Christian Oprah, if this thing keeps going. And I had to ask myself, do I want to do, do I want to be that? And the answer was no. And so I decided to kind of wind the podcast down as it was getting big, because I had also decided that I'd wasn't sure I wanted to plant a missional church anymore. For me, it felt like another affinity group forming. And I just felt like the last thing that the world needs or my neighborhood needs is another kind of affinity group. People coming to my living room because they liked how I sounded on the podcast and I got really good ideas and what I'm doing is a bit sexier than the church that they left (laughs) and came to my living room for. So I started finding out about this movement This new discovery that I started making. In the missional movement, I heard about this ragtag group who are doing something called asset-based community development. Kind of a buzzword, maybe your eyes glazed over, but I find out about this movement of people who are... It was pioneered in Edmonton. They get neighbors to essentially get to know each other. They get neighbors to share their skills, their stuff, their lives... And it's making such a difference that the police are noticing and throwing money at it. The municipality are noticing and throwing money at it. The province is noticing and throwing money at it. And just saying, like, you're changing something about how neighborhoods and society functions by neighbors getting to know each other, sharing their junk in their garage, sharing their skills, exchanging their vocational capacities, taking care of kids together, all that stuff. It's an idea called Abundant Community from a book with the same title by Peter Block and John McKnight. So I dig into this idea of becoming a cultivator of friendships and relationships on your own street, on your own condo floor, uh, and deciding to take care of the people in your neighborhood. Just deciding, like Rick Tobias tells the story of Young Street Evergreen so many years ago, pastor the people of Young Street. Pastor the, I went on Google Maps and counted the rooftops. There's 40 houses from here to here. Pastor those people whether they like it or not. That's key. You take care of people whether they like it or not. So I talked to my wife about it. She's like, let's try that. So invitations go on the mailboxes of those 40 houses, and we do, do a potluck. And 40 people show up, a quarter of all the houses in that space. And people who have lived on our street for seven, eight years are meeting people in our living room, and we lived there for like a year and a half. And I had this feeling after that God is smiling. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I was, like, buzzing. God is smiling. So I try another strategy I heard about. Just bake some cookies one day, show up at people's doors, and just say, here, we were in a baking mood. Great way to meet neighbors. And when you have kids, they're like human shields. So I have a two- and four-year-old, and they just, like, knock on doors. Cookies, what's your name? And I start meeting neighbors by just randomly cookieing houses. And I, again, I felt like God is smiling. And then I, in my garage, I built a little free library. And I you know, put it on a post at the end of the lawn, put some books in there, made a Facebook group post on our neighborhood page and said, here's your new little free library. And neighbors flock to this thing. Books in and out. I get in conversations and meet people that way, get thank you notes from neighbors saying this is amazing. And again, I just feel like God is smiling. I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's something in me. And so for the past year, I've been engaged in this practice of what I have come to call mindful neighboring, seeing God at work in every home already. We've heard it here today. God is already in all the homes, those 40 homes around mine, and participating in the work of pastoring. That's that's all. I just feel like I'm in this flow of, I see a moving truck, I see an ambulance, I see a police cruiser, and just like... Hey, how's it going? Just kind of making yourself available, pastoring my immediate neighbors. And again, I, I just, right now, I feel like God is smiling on me when I'm doing this stuff. Uh, I recently heard a quote, Howard Thurman, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who've come alive. Now, I hope that doesn't sound too self-helpy. He was a philosopher, theologian, social activist. And, and for me, this rings true. I wish I'd heard it earlier. Because I've learned this in a very roundabout way. Um, this is what makes me come alive. And it might not make you come alive. And I think maybe that's the issue with innovation. is If you copy me and it doesn't make you come alive... I did a podcast, I did a church plant, the missional thing, and and none of it made me feel come alive the way this did, but I knew it when I had kind of found it. So there's probably a better question than who am I and why am I here. I think I've narrowed that down to what makes me feel like God is smiling, and how can I do more of that? Kind of like what that first session today was questioning. And I think when we're all acting on that in our own different ways, answering that in our own different ways, our world is getting a, a whole lot of, a whole lot more good news when we're not trying to impose on each other what makes God smile, but that deep resonance of, wow, I've, I've found this, I'm in the pocket of something. And, and innovation that comes out of that, I think, is what really gives us life. So that's where I'm at. Thanks a lot.
1: That was Mark Grolo from our learning party that happened on april 1st in toronto love these learning party talks and love the stuff that mark is up to uh, we interviewed him actually in a two-part episode um, earlier on the podcast episode 29 and 30 if you want to hear more a little bit more in depth about mark um his story of how he came to faith and how he's been working out this church planting innovator entrepreneur side of him um, and a little bit more about abundant toronto as well i love mark uh, really great guy i just love as you mentioned jared the fact that he just puts himself out there so willingly and so vulnerably and that um, you know you learn so much from your failures or things that didn't work out or things that didn't quite pan out how you'd imagine that they would and I love that he shares those stories openly and readily and I think one of the things that you talked about is so important for the New Leaf Network that we really become and continue to become a network where people can try things and if it doesn't work out it's all right. It's still a win. You tried something. You stepped out. You risked. And that's what matters. You followed your passion. You followed what you sensed God was calling you to do. And I think the more that we cultivate a culture of that, of innovation and trying trying no matter what, uh, I think that'll be a, a great thing for the Canadian landscape. So really happy that Mark is a part of the Canadian story and trying good things in his neighborhood. So so pleased that we got to share that story. And if people are interested in having a learning party, Jared, if they're listening to these talks and thinking, you know what, this is something I might want to do, how can they do that?
2: Well, they make we try to make that process as simple as is humanly possible. So all you need to really do is contact us. So send an, an email to Jared at Newleafnetwork.ca or L at Newleafnetwork.ca and we will try to get you the hookup. We try to make this uh so the the podcast that you just listened to, the episode you just listened to came from an event. It was the first time Bernard Tam and Joe Abby Colborn had ever put on a a learning party. Purnell Goodyear, who is the the sort of progenitor of this idea. And myself, we helped out, we showed up, we gave them a hand and try to help them with the day. It was absolutely brilliant what they pulled off. Um, I hope they do it again. And uh, we met with them several times and just helped them work through the logistics and the details of the day. And we can be as hands-on or as hands-off as makes sense for your context. So that's as simple as, as, that goes. If you want to follow the Mark Grolo story though, you can still find his, uh, his podcast episodes at wiki god pod, wiki A lot of brilliant stuff on there. A lot of brilliant interviews, great Canadian voices, great American voices. He even had Michael W. Smith on one of his podcast episodes. Unbelievable. He was like the Oprah of, of. Canadian Christian Christianity in Toronto. <laughs> um, but the brilliant thing is with these learning parties is that they enable us to tell each other our stories, to tell the Canadian story and to not always try to dress it up uh, and make it perfect or pretty. And And I just appreciate Mark's uh, openness, as transparency And uh, if you want to get involved with the rest of the New Leaf Network, if you want to be connected, what you need to do is follow us, like us on Facebook so that we pop up in your newsfeed. Whenever we publish a blog post that you like or publish a podcast episode that you like, please, uh, by all means, leave a comment. Please, if you like it, share it. That really helps us grow as a network. It may sound like small stuff, but in this internet age of connected people, and networks. Uh, This is how the job gets done. So help us out, friends, and give us shares and comments and likes. Um, If you want to meet us in person, one of the things we recommend is starting a learning party. But if you hear about one that's happening in your neighborhood, please show up. We build our speaking roster through uh, those who register. Um, The other thing that you could do is you could get connected to us at one of our events. So stay Stay tuned to our events page. We're going to be doing an amazing event that I hope you'll join us for in October, October 24th in Montreal. Uh, We're going to be talking about the new nuns and duns, an evolving story of Canadian uh, secularity. Um, uh, We're going to bring in sociologists to talk to talk to us. We're going to bring in historians. We're going to bring in practitioners and thinkers who will help us engage each other. Uh, Canadian leaders from across the country gathered at the Congress um, uh, the, the Church Point Canada Congress that's happening so we're the pre-conference to that come and join us meet some new leafers face to face over those three days get to know us and if you hear of people in your neighborhood that we should be paying attention to uh, let us know there send us emails send us just engage with us because this is how we get this job done so L. I think that's it for this episode and uh, for our time together. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and hanging out with Mm -hmm. us. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.